0: Hey everyone, in case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith, stay true to biblical convictions, and how can we become more like Christ and share him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. In today's episode, I wanted to ask each of you a question for you to ponder and reflect on prayerfully. And that simply is this, with the time that you have been given, what are you building and what are you making? Are you building and are you making something out of your life that will have an eternal legacy or are you too distracted and focused on temporal earthly things that in the end will fail to last? That's the question that I've been pondering as I've recently been reflecting on just how quickly life is moving by me. Today's episode, I wanted to read from Psalms chapter 39, verses 4 through 7. Psalms chapter 39, verses 4 through 7, say this. O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths. And my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. I love the Psalms because the Psalms, mainly written by King David, are a lot of of back and forth between God and the psalmist. And in between those lines, you find the psalmist experiencing all the highs, all the lows, all the frustrations, all the questions, all the breakthroughs, all the blessings, as well as difficulties that come with living life in this world and doing so through and having a relationship with God. And that's why I love the psalms, because I think it's probably the most human um part of the bible it's it's uh, it, you connect with it on a very deeply human level and there are a few times where the psalms kind of ponder the brevity of life how life is short and i think we all intellectually know that we all cognitively get that but we are often too distracted by the hustle and bustle of life to really truly understand and reflect on how short life is until we're confronted by you know uh, a tragedy or we're confronted by our mortality in some way in some form in some fashion you know last year all of us collectively were forced to hit the pause button and as a result of the pandemic for months um, you know we were home more than we've ever been the streets were were uh, with the fewest cars. Gas prices were way down. (laughs) And uh, in case you haven't noticed, even though the pandemic is definitely not over yet, um, streets are are full, stores seem to be packed, and people are certainly uh, kind of returning to normalcy. And I'd, I'd say the biggest thing that I've noticed about this year is how quickly it's going by. Now, we all say that life goes by fast, and the older you get, the more it seems to go by quicker. But I have just been in awe of warp speed fast that this year has been going by. Um, 2021 is already well over halfway over now. The summer is getting towards its its last month here soon. And I have just been stunned and shocked at how quickly time has been going by. And, and I had a couple of events that really kind of um, got me to reflect on just how quickly life goes by and how precious our time is on this earth that we just don't want to waste and those two things were one seeing the recent M. Night Shyamalan movie old and going on family vacation so my wife and I recently saw the M. Night Shyamalan movie old uh which came out in theaters a few weeks ago and I'll be honest with you all I am an M. Night Shyamalan fan for a lot of his films not all of them some of them I'm like what were you thinking um <laughs> but you know a lot of his movies I do like and um you know, this movie, eh, I'll say it was okay. It wasn't the worst, wasn't the best. Um, that's just the quick little movie critic in me. But the premise of the film I found fascinating. And without giving too much away, uh, this much you can you can gather by just the trailer. The premise of the film involves a family. And if you've looked at all the trailers, you can, you can piece this together. There's a family which goes to a private beach. And this family has a lot of, of things going on with it. And suddenly they end up on a beach where somehow time moves by so quickly in terms of aging so that an entire lifetime of aging is reduced to a single day for this family. And so it's kind of that, you know, that idea of imagine if, you know, 80 years or 70 years or 50 years worth of aging and of life and of experiences, imagine if you had one day to, to do all of that, you know, what would you say What would you do if an entire lifetime was reduced to a single day? And even though, uh, gratefully, uh, I am thankful that uh, that's a movie and that's not real life. um, You know, and then I saw a gray hair in my head. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What I, I do take away from the film, though, is the Bible does kind of want us to get this simple yet profound concept. And that is life on earth is short. It's a blink of an eye you had david writing it's a few hand breaths it's it's brief it's it's quick and that is a a truth that is echoed throughout scripture in james chapter 4 the bible says that life is like a vapor that that's here and then gone you know and uh and so that's something that you know when we're going through life when we're doing our thing every day we kind of fail to take that to take that into account and you can see that by what we choose to spend our time focusing on, worrying about, uh, building, and 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 all our energy doing. And usually it's over things that, let's just be honest, don't really matter and, and don't really add up to uh, eternal, eternal implications. Um, you know, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, And where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths can't break in, where where thieves can't break in and steal, and where moths can't eat up and destroy. So you know the Bible constantly tries to get you and I to care more about eternity than about the few years we have on this earth. And yet, it's something that I think we all you know certainly struggle with, and I know I do. And so, you know, the movie Old got me thinking about that in conjunction with going on our family vacation. And, um, you know, for me, I've just been reflecting a lot as my kids are starting to get older and, and um, you know, just how quickly time's going by, particularly with my son, and how important it is to, you know, I don't want to wake up one day and regret that I didn't spend the the years I've got with him as a, as a child small, you know, uh, really playing with him and engaging with him and listening to him and, and imparting you know, the faith to him. Um, because the reality is we just have a few short years of a window to really kind of make that footprint with them. And it's not that you can't have influence with your children when they get older, but all of us, as we get older, get more set in our ways. And and so our patterns, our personalities, and often our belief system gets uh, planted early. I mean, that's just the way it usually is. So these are such crucial years. And so, you know, how am I spending that? And, uh, you know, and what am I doing with it? And am I am I using my time wisely? And so the psalmist, in in light of how quick life is, in light of how brief life is, the Solemnist, the psalmist has us ask, uh, 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 you know, well, he prays basically something that all of us, I think, should resolve within ourselves to do, and that is, he says, O oh Lord, make me know my end. What is the measure of my days? You know, he he says to him, you know, help me to know that life is short. Help me to recognize that uh, this time on earth is brief, and and that I might want to use it, you know, wisely. Because when we recognize how brief our existence is here on earth, in light of eternity, and we recognize that that tomorrow could be the day where we are going to meet our Creator, well, that should motivate all of us to use our time wisely and to use our energy and our focus. On building things that are going to outlast our brief existence here on this earth, you know, on our family vacation, and I told my wife I'm probably going to mention this at some point. We uh, we had this fun moment as as a family where we were on the on the beach and and uh, as the waves were coming in, we were kind of we were kind of taking the the sand that was all wet, and my wife was trying to build a tower. It's something she likes to do, and so she was putting together this tower while my son was trying to mess with it, and then. You know, my wife was so proud. She's like, look at my tower. And literally a split second after she said that, a wave came in out of nowhere and destroyed her tower in one moment. And it got all of us drenched with uh, with well, a lot of water and a lot of sand. And it was such a funny moment. You had to be there. But I thought it was kind of a, it was funny, but it was also kind of a good illustrative moment for, you know, how life is and for how we spend so much time worrying and caring about things that don't really matter. And, uh, and it's such a tragedy. To me, the greatest tragedy, aside from rejecting Jesus Christ, is what we choose to do with him or not do with him. While we're on this earth as Christians The greatest tragedy is when we don't use The gifts that God has given to us That he wants us to fan into flame And to learn how to use To serve his kingdom and his glory The greatest tragedy is when we choose Not to to grow in intimacy and relationship with the Lord The greatest tragedy is when we choose to, To just get by as Christians Rather than to excel and to grow as Christians The greatest tragedy is when we choose Out of fear of rejection To hide our faith or to not share the gospel Even though it has literal eternal implications for those we come in contact with and Jesus himself said in a parable that he's going to have servants that are going to be held to account at the end of time and in judgment and you're going to have some that say, Lord, uh, you gave me five talents. I gained five more. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Let me put you in charge of many things. And, and then to others, you know, Lord, I, I, I had three talents and I, you know, I gained three more. Well, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. But then there's going to be those that are like the one servant that, that said, Lord, I, I you gave me one talent, but I hid it. I buried it. I didn't use it. You know, I knew you were a hard man and I didn't want to, I didn't want to go there and And uh, the Lord was certainly not happy with that servant, if you read the parable. And so, you know, unfortunately, we forget, yes, we're saved by grace through faith. When we trust in Jesus Christ, we're going to be in the Lord's presence. But there is a judgment seat for Christians that we're going to all have to deal with as believers, where we are going to have um, the quality with which we build our lives and the church examined and tested by fire, the Bible says. And that fire is going to test the quality to see what what was, uh, what was kind of building materials we use. And so, you know, we can either go through life as believers in Christ, choosing to build sand castles, build sand towers like my wife and I did and our family did, and then the wave just washed it away. Or we can choose to Uh, Let the Lord build something out of our lives that's going to have eternal legacy, you know, that's going to have eternal reward, that's going to bring glory, honor, and praise to Jesus. And the ultimate parable I always go back to in my mind that really captures to me the choice that I have with what I do, with the time, with the resources, with the opportunities, and with the gifts that God gives me with the life that he's given me with the allotted days that he's giving me you know the ultimate example of 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 what you can do or not do with that really is the parable of the rich fool that's told to us in Luke chapter 12. And if you read that story, the parable of the rich fool, you've got this guy who's, uh, you know, he's like a Jeff Bezos, you know, or, you know, one of those billionaires that's that's got it all and everything seems to be going great. And, you know, and so he says to himself, you know, hey, I'm going to tear down these barns and build bigger ones. And I'm going to take life easy and eat, drink and be merry. And, you know, and then, and then Jesus tells him, in the, in the parable, the man's told, hey, you fool. You don't realize that tonight your life will be required of you. Then who's going to get all those things that you have built for yourself? And Jesus said, this is how it will be for anyone who is rich toward himself, but is not rich towards towards God and towards the things of God. And so I've often thought of that story as the ultimate example of what I don't want to see happen and and what kind of mentality I don't want to adopt with with the kind of life I live on this earth, and with what I choose to spend the time that God has given me. Um, You know, how I don't want to do it. Because I don't want to be in for that rude surprise. I want to, you know, kind of like James Dean, the the iconic actor from the 1950s who died in a tragic car crash, he once said, Dream as if you'll live forever, but live as if you'll die today. And I thought those were really uh, powerful words coming from a guy who did die in, I think, his mid to late 20s. Young guy. And so, you know, as Christians, we don't know how long we've got. We don't know how much time we have. We are not promised tomorrow. In fact, James says you don't know what will happen tomorrow. We're not guaranteed 80 years. And the reality is uh, the, the Lord could come at any time for his church. And so, you know, in light of, again, not knowing how much time we've got, each of us has to decide what are we going to do with everything that God has given us. You know, um, the Solomon wants us to realize that, uh, you know, the things that man spends so much time building and striving towards and doing ultimately won't add up to anything. You know, Jesus said, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And, and, and you know, the, the the people that think that they have it all and don't need anything, and yet Revelation says they don't realize that they're actually pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. They don't realize that they actually are poor, that they are lacking that which truly can make them rich. And that's, of course, a saving knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway uh, uh, from all these things that the Lord's been dealing with me about is how important it is to seize the day, to live every day to the fullest, to embrace every season of life that comes your way, Good seasons, bad seasons, tough seasons, blessed seasons and to recognize how important it is to live your life for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ above any kind of of ambition or American dream or anything else. you know I think of that sermon from John Piper from many years ago in the year 2000 where he talked, at this huge event that had thousands and thousands of mainly uh, college students, I think, and it was at a passion conference, I believe. And, and Pastor Piper talked about how, basically, as I've been saying in this broadcast here, that the, the greatest tragedy is to waste your life on things that don't really matter. And uh, and he said to the audience, he said, you know, do you want to hear a tragedy? Let me read it to you. And it was an excerpt from Reader's Digest, you know, one of those old school magazines from, from uh, way ago. And, um, and in the article, he talked about a couple that retired. And they said uh, they retired, you know, young and and basically, you know, I think they were in like their mid-50s and they retired. And and in the um, Reader's Digest excerpt, the couple proudly talks about how their primary focus now with what they do with their time is, aside of course from doing fun trips, is collecting seashells. And Pastor Piper said, now that is a tragedy. That's a tragedy. You know, to think to yourself I'm going to come before the Lord and say, "Here Lord, check out my amazing seashell collection." You know, I mean that that's that's a tragedy. And yet, in different ways, so many Christians are willing to settle for that kind of of existence, that kind of mediocre life that is a far cry from carrying out the mission, the great commission. And and the individual mission that the Lord has for each one of us, because God has assigned each of us that. In First Corinthians chapter seven, Paul said, "Let each of us lead the life that God has assigned to us." And so God's assigned to you uh, influence. He's assigned to you uh, giftings, and and given people and influence and opportunity for you. And and so the thing that each of us has to choose, is whether or not we are going to make use of that influence, of whether or not we are going to utilize the opportunities that God's given to us, or if we're going to waste them. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, after the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith and not by our works, Paul then flips it around and says that we are, in Christ Jesus, created to do good works and that we are His workmanship, and that that we are to walk, walk in the good works that God has prepared in advance for us. And so, even though we were not saved by our works, God has saved us to do good works. And those good works come in, in many shapes and sizes, but that's when we carry out the mandate that the Lord has for us, when we when we focus on our relationship with Jesus and on our relationships with others, when we uh, love Him with all our heart, soul, might, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. And that begins with people in our home and our families and our church families and our neighbors. When we use the gifts that God has given to us, when we utilize the influence that God has given to us to point people to Himself, when we walk in and go about the adventure, the adventure of life, the adventure of faith, the adventure that comes with living for Jesus, when we are willing to be obedient and to do as Abraham said when God told him to leave everything behind that's familiar and go to the land I will show you, Abraham was willing and obedient to go. Even if it meant that he was going to have to leave his comfort zone, even if it meant he was going to have to be stretched in ways he was not uh, accustomed to or ways he liked. We can learn a lot from Abraham and from the way in which God dealt with him. Because God did not tell Abraham, go to, you know, this place and then that place, and then you're going to go here and then go there, and you're going to spend this amount of time here, and then you're going to go. He didn't give him the MapQuest, GPS, map app, uh, you know, Google directions with where they were going. He just said, go to the land I will show you. And that's how God operates in life. We don't know how much time we've got. We don't know everything that we're going to have to deal with in between the dash of the year we were born and the year that we die. But God does. And the Bible says he knows each and every day that's been ordained for us. And he when we willingly surrender our lives to him, then that will ensure that he will be able to continue to do the work that He has called for us to do the work that We're his workmanship because he works in us and he works through us to help advance the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is going to outlast every ambition. The name of Jesus is going to outlast every earthly empire. The name of Jesus is going to outlast every sandcastle that we built for ourselves or for our own lives. And so we have to choose, again, will we use the time we are given wisely? Will we use the life that we are given to help advance that which is eternal or will we be too distracted by that which is temporal to care about that which is eternal and then one day have a shocking realization when we're before the lord of glory that we should have cared about him and what he cares about more when we live our lives here on this earth we don't want to have that kind of awakening We want to live our lives to the fullest now and to do it with Jesus and for Jesus. So that was so heavy on my heart lately and I wanted to share that with you. Let's not settle for building sandcastles. Let's let the Lord build something out of our lives that's gonna last throughout eternity and lead a legacy for the name that is above every other, the name of Jesus. And so I conclude this episode as I do each and every one that I record for you by encouraging you as Paul encouraged the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 13 through 14 to stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.